Hi everyone, and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. take two <laughs> sauntering good morning everyone the dog was barking so i just had to go and silence her and she's coming now so she'll probably be continue to be a menace but anyway we're going to pray and ask the lord to help us because we've got some really important stuff to talk about this morning so lord jesus we open our hearts again to you today and we thank you that you're here with us you want to speak to us and you love us Lord, thank you so much. You are so good. Amen. So, uh, morning, Fortunatus. So, he, this is Peter again, second letter of Peter, chapter 1, verse 12. He says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Remember, he's been talking about the qualities that we are to add to our faith. So, he's talking about these these qualities which are in actually in the very nature of God. And so he's saying, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. So he is aware that some of these things will be familiar to his listeners, his readers, and he's not bothered about that. He's going to, he says, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. It's like, I'm going to keep banging on about this stuff, even though you're established in it, even though you may be familiar with it and it's part of your life. I'm just going to keep reminding you because it's so, so, so important. And it does seem sometimes for me looking on and even in my own life, I, I, good morning Adele, I, I look at my life and I think, gosh, these are just even basic aspects of being a Christian. These are not complicated things that that need to be attended to and often if we would just attend to those things that are kind of central basic things and I'm just gonna just remind us of what he said yesterday just in case you missed it for he says for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith or to add to your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness that's perseverance and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love and he's saying you guys even though these things are are familiar to you and you've heard about them a lot you need to just keep attending to them and I'm going to keep banging on about it until the day I die 
<laughs> so this is me, Paul, now saying I'm going to keep going on about these things until the day I die, until the day the Lord takes me home. I'm, as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to continue to try and stir up, like Peter says, to stir up, to stir you up, to wake you up, to arouse you to these things by way of reminder, since I know that. And then he goes on to say, I know that my body's going to die one day. And actually, the Lord Jesus himself has told me, kind of given me some pretty broad clues about how that's going to be. If you remember at the end of the book of John, Jesus said, when you're old, people will dress you. Good morning, George. People will dress you and they'll stretch out your hands and they'll take you to where you don't want to go. And it, everyone understood from that that Peter too would um, die by crucifixion. And indeed he did. He was crucified upside down. We've already said that because he decided or he felt that he wasn't worthy to die the same death that his Lord Jesus had died. And so he said, look, do me upside down, which must have been unbelievable. I mean, any of it is just awful. But so Peter is anticipating his death and he's thinking, right, as long as there's breath left in me, I'm going to use it to try and stir you up, to try and keep you awake. That's that word there is to wake up. I'm going to try to do my best to stop you falling asleep. And I'm sure Peter would have had his own memories of falling asleep in the garden and all those things. But he's saying, I'm going to keep stirring you up as long as there's breath in my body. And I will make every effort. Remember, we were talking about making every effort. And when we need the bathroom, we want to make every effort to get there. It's that same kind of urgency. He says, I'm going to do make every effort. He says, I'm going to make every effort so that after I'm gone, you remember these things. And writing a letter was a brilliant way of doing it, wasn't it? Because they didn't weren't able to record video and slam it up on YouTube for posterity. But this letter is still speaking to us 2000 years later. And so Peter did a great job, didn't he? And he achieved his goal. And today we're stirring ourselves up with those same words that we're not going to let those things slip and we're not going to fall asleep to them. And this is his motivation. Verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he goes on to describe it for when he received honour and glory from God the Father and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. Wow, isn't that amazing? So Peter's saying, listen, you guys, we are not here propounding some myth that some person contrived in a back room somewhere to try and control people or to start a movement or to do some, I don't know why anyone would have anyway but he's saying, we don't, that's not what we're about. We're not following the, the myths of the ancient Greeks or would have been around at the time. Everyone would have understood about myths. And Peter's saying, no, we don't follow cleverly devised myths. I once heard a vicar in the town centre of Weymouth talking about the myth of the resurrection. I went up to him afterwards. I said, listen, you cannot preach this message is just wrong what are you doing 
And I said, this is not a myth. This is this is the actual foundation of our faith. If we haven't got the resurrection of Jesus, we got nothing. And he said, oh, a myth is a story with a great meaning, a deep meaning with resonance for many people. I'm like, yeah, but the implication is it's a phony story. It's a made up story. And Peter is really clear. He's saying, we are not following a made up story. We were eyewitnesses. We were with Jesus on the mountain when God the Father boomed out of heaven from the majestic glory and spoke over him and said, this is my beloved son. He said, we were eyewitnesses of that. And Peter goes on to be so convinced of the reality and the truth and the veracity of this this gospel that he as we've just been saying he was crucified he was a martyr in fact most of the other disciples most of the early apostles were martyred for their faith because they knew they couldn't go back on it and say no we didn't see it of course we saw it and their whole mission and their whole purpose in those early days was to say we were eyewitnesses we saw Jesus heal the sick we saw him raise the dead we saw him alive again after he was dead and this is the he is the gospel Jesus is the good news to the whole world and he's saying we aren't we aren't following some made-up story this is for real and that's why we've staked our lives on it that's why we've bet the farm as it were so um and so he says, this is my, he, he, we were there when he received honour and glory from God the Father and the voice born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well, very well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the mountain. And when people looked at Peter and the early apostles in those first days, particularly around about the time of Pentecost, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were ordinary men. Peter was an ordinary fisherman, and yet he ends up being anything but ordinary. He becomes one of the most truly extraordinary people who have ever walked the face of the earth. He becomes a person whose words are still alive and resonating in people's hearts today, 2,000 years on. This is extraordinary. What, what was the force multiplier? What was the thing that changed Peter? It was the Holy Spirit living in him. It was that personal encounter with the risen Saviour Jesus on the beach where he's reinstated and given that charge, Peter, you to feed my flock. So here he is now. I love hearing these words. We were with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19, it says, And we have the prophetic word, <coughs> excuse me, more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, Verse 20, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is this is just really, really helpful. And so he's saying we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. What does he mean by that? He's saying actually all the prophecy of the Old Testament scripture, which is what Peter and John and Paul and the others had as their Bible. We have this prophecy 
more fully confirmed because they had they had literally watched and touched and eaten with and communicated with face to face the fulfillment of all of the prophecy so all of the prophecy of the old testament is pointing towards jesus is actually anticipating his coming talking about different aspects of how he'll be and what he'll do good morning dinesh and he's so peter is saying listen we have this prophecy more fully confirmed because we've actually seen him we've touched him john says we beheld his glory we touched him we ate with him and Jesus, the fulfillment of all this prophecy, is their friend. He, they've spent three years of their lives with him, and he, they've seen him do the most extraordinary things. And the the penny gradually started to drop, didn't it? And they began to understand how the prophets were speaking of Jesus. They began to understand how Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy. Some mathematician or statistician somewhere worked out the probability of one person fulfilling eight of the prophecies of the Old Testament scripture. And the probability is, is insane. It's equivalent. I think it's one one times 10 to the power of 17, which I'd, I don't have any capacity to work that out. It's a lot of zeros. It's a lot of zeros behind one. And he said the probability of that is like if you could cover the entire state of Texas in America with a silver dollar, that you'd have to pile them up two feet deep over the whole state of Texas to get the probability of one individual person fulfilling eight of the Old Testament prophecies. That's insane, isn't it? The probability is ah, astronomical. Jesus fulfills something like 330 Old Testament prophecies. <laughs> it, it, it just it is so beyond. It's so beyond. So when John says we have the we have <laughs> the prophetic word more fully confirmed, that it's just the probability of Jesus or one person fulfilling all of those prophecies is literally astronomical it's beyond the human capacity to work it out good morning matt good to see you and so this is jesus he is the fulfillment he is the absolute the writer to the hebrews says um in the times past god spoke to us at different times through his servants of prophets in different ways through his servants of prophets but now he's spoken to us through a son and jesus is this and so he's saying, right, you need to listen to what the prophetic voices were saying. You need to pay attention to all of those things as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. And so presumably the day dawning is the day where everything is wrapped up and the fulfillment of everything and Jesus returns. That's what we assume from that. Um, however, I think is a little bit cryptic and it could mean something else, but he's saying we need to pay attention to what the prophets are saying until all this is wrapped up and done until everything we're believing for and hoping for is finished and done 
and Jesus returns. So the morning star rises in your hearts. I don't know why he says in your hearts, but anyway. But here's the thing, and this is really important. No, verse 20, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. This is really helpful. It's really important when we understand the scripture. It wasn't that like somebody sat down one day with a pen and thought, hmm, I think I'll write something in a kind of genre that sounds vaguely prophetic and important and I'll write some truths about God. And that he said, no, this isn't actually how scripture came about. He said, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation or someone's own imagination. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that's a that's a beautiful description. And it's very important for theologians to have that scripture because it helps us to understand how scripture was actually conveyed to the people who wrote it. And it's it's as if um, it's the same kind of sense as you might carry someone along. So when they carried someone, the the um, crippled guide to Jesus, they, he was not able to get there by himself, but they carried him along. If you um, wanted to cross the ocean, you wouldn't be able to get there by yourself, but you'll get into a boat that would carry you along. And so the prophets have not got there by themselves, but they've been carried along by the Holy Spirit who's inspired them with what to write. Good morning, Ashley. Great to see you. Um, and so they've been carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, anyone who has got any knowledge of the Holy Spirit will know that he still does that today. He still carries us along. He will inspire us to sometimes even prophesy. But it's of a different, it's kind of of a different stature and purpose than the prophecy of Scripture. Prophecy of Scripture is, it, it's kind of a once only kind of deal it's written down it's not going to be added to it's not going to be um kind of someone sat there now in their little bedroom writing more bits of scripture but having said that god is speaking through prophets still today and god speaks through <coughs> prophets in a kind of big way and in a small way, in like the big kind of momentous prophetic stuff that affects nations and the one-to-one the -one prophetic stuff that brings encouragement and comfort to our hearts. And it can be literally just from a friend and say, do you know what? I feel God is saying this. And it's not like they've made that up um, to make you feel better, but the Holy Spirit has carried them along in as in the similar kind of way, although we would say in perhaps is kind of less momentous than the, the prophecy of scripture. But nonetheless, when God speaks and it's a word to our heart, it just brings such joy to us. And when it when it hits that spot and you think, yeah, do, do you know what? I do believe that is God speaking to me. I've just seen people be so encouraged and so helped by having a word of encouragement from someone prophetically. So the Holy Spirit still is doing this, but it's the, the important thing is no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. So it's not how much we want to prophesy, 
over somebody or give someone a prophetic word that isn't that isn't where the prophecy comes from the prophecy comes from the spirit of god from the heart of god now actually i think god wants to speak a lot more than we realize i think god wants to has got something to say about most things and most people if we'll bother to listen and so really often the 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 will of the prophet or the person prophesying is really to say god is there something you want to say to this person and just quieten in their own hearts down to listen and tune in to what god is actually saying so that's where our will becomes involved it's not that we make god speak or we manufacture some prophetic sounding word that is no help to anybody if we're gonna just get a prophetic voice on and do our prophetic thing and come out with something that sounds a bit serious or a bit kind of whatever that's no help to anyone we may as well just keep our thoughts to ourselves but if we would just quieten our hearts before god and listen to his voice it's surprising how much how often he wants to speak and i think one of the mistakes charismatic christians make is they think it's just for church big mistake god wants to speak in the supermarket and at work and all over the place and if we could get into the habit of tuning our hearts to listen we'd have some fun i'm sure we'd have some great adventures to talk about anyway so let's be listening out for that holy spirit speaking into our hearts let's just become skillful in knowing when he's carrying us along where he's kind of buoying us up and carrying us to a different place and sometimes when when god reveals something it's stuff we would never have imagined we would never have come up with ourselves and we just think man god that's kind of now do i do i share that because that so seems so off where my thoughts would have gone and often it's when we bring those words that seem really there's a credibility gap in our own minds as we're receiving the word we think man that's just so far away (laughs) oh gosh i i'm not sure i'm brave enough to share it when we do often those are the ones that are so precise and so and they they give that person i was just talking to someone yesterday they give that person such a sense of being known it's beautiful it really is beautiful that sense that god knows us and you know sometimes those words will include their name or the name of a friend or something like that and and yet it takes quite a big sort of deep breath and step of faith for us to as a prophetic person to kind of go there but let's let's be brave let's look for god to enhance our gift and grow us in our gift and step out into the unknown a little bit anyway have an amazing day god bless you sorry about the false start with the dog and um yeah lord jesus watch over us today and lord let us become really established and make every effort to get this the to add to our faith these things that peter's talking about these very qualities of the nature of god And Lord, let us also be so prophetic and so able to hear your voice that we can speak into a dark place like a lamp shining in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. 
thank you so much. Have an amazing day.